Only three more games left in this NFL season, and we got two of them this weekend. It's the conference championships. We're going to break it down here with the Badge Bros, talk through all of the draft games in the lobby, and of course, build some pickums. And if you're lucky, we'll throw a little spice in it. All right, we are back. We did an early show last week before the divisional round. It, it truly feels like I've lived a few lifetimes since we did that show last Wednesday. Uh, but here we are. We got John. We got Nez. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Pretty slow week, you know, so just uh, not much going on. Uh, but we were drafting, drafting our asses off here. That was, that was a little, little shade of sarcasm there. <laughs> drafting our asses off on the platform. Uh, shout out, shout out hope. Uh, you know, as everyone <laughs> knows, the star of the draft games on underdog for just a, an onslaught of contests for us to draft mm -hmm. of all different price points. It is just fantastic right now. Uh, I, I, I can't, I can't draft these at a, at a quick enough clip. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'd agree with you there, Nez, and Lockstep. It's really nice to see the variety in contests this week. Like, you know, just three max, eight max, nine max, all this sort of thing. Really interested to pick your guys' brain, like, how you're approaching that versus, like, the standard BR. Because normally it's just like, hey, we got the DeBomb and then we got the BRs, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, nice, uh, nice puck sweater there, Pete. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Fantasy Life just sent me this. I went to uh, I went to a hockey game when I was in California last week. The Palm Springs uh, there I got to watch. The home of hockey. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun game too. We uh, we bet uh, the money line uh, on the home team there, the uh, the Firebirds or whatever to win. They did, and it was funny too because like. I, I swear we were the only people in the entire stadium who had like bet on the game because we were like more thrilled than the hometown fans uh, for each goal. Uh, but yeah, so now I'm just like a true puck guy because Fantasy Life sent me this cozy little hockey sweater, you know, so uh, excited to uh, hunker down. And uh, for people here, we got this going on two channels, just so you know, we got this on my channel, simulcasting to the Badge Bros channel. Uh, luckily, we can see the full chat. So regardless of where you guys are, we will see your shit posting in the chat today. So thank you for all of you guys hanging out with us. Actually, yeah. Speaking of which, we got a we got a new member who just signed up on our side here. Uh, Wet like book. So his uh, his uh, YouTube name Wet like I'm book. But I imagine this is Wet like book who we see routinely in the NBA streets. Welcome, welcome to the, welcome to the channel, brother. So where do you guys want to dig in? I mean, I'll put my cards fully up on the table. I have not done as many drafts uh, this week as I've done in previous weeks. Uh, I did one on stream on uh, on Tuesday when I did my portfolio review. The, the good people at Underdog had a $250 contest that uh, then snap filled. But I see here we're under the QB sneak three. There's already <laughs> been a second $250 contest that filled in the time I did mine. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Like these, I'm, I'm telling you, like you cannot draft these fast enough. And I love these different price points. Like I was saying, it really, I, I like the element of that where you, you're, you're not just going in with tons and tons of drafts on, on a two game slate like this. I just, I really do think it's like the way to go about offering contests because you're still going to do a ton of volume as a company and as players, it, you know, you just get the ability to choose more where you want to put in your skin in the game, as well as, you know, probably have more favorable runouts because it's not just, you know, a couple of GMGMs taking down the entire big pot. So big, big fan of how they, how they did things this week. 
I, I love that too. And it's such a good point for you because again, for me, like I just wouldn't have had time to rip a ton of $5 drafts this week, but I'll probably end up with the same total dollar amount volume down. It'll just be a couple QB sneaks and a few de bombs, you know, versus being able to have time to do all the individual drafts. So it's fun to be able to get down kind of the amount you want um, in a variety of these contests. And, you know, obviously the QB sneak, it's a big price point at 250 but then again, you're only competing against 47 other lineups, which is certainly a, a way to have more of a sweat than sometimes in the really big contests. Yeah. How does that, uh, how does that change your guys's approach? Like, you know, the DeBalm is, you know, a hundred bucks usually and has a couple hundred entries, but only 48 entries or 47 other, like you alluded to. It's like, how does that, are, are we looking for like, you know, just a couple safe floor points in that last round? Are you guys putting the condom on here or are you guys still willing to be like the team in that room that scrolls down and takes like Jamison Williams? And that's the differentiator that you're the one out of 47 teams that have him. For me, like, I mean, I, I don't know. This, this is probably like the wrong way to play. This is going to be such a Nez answer. Just, just <laughs> prefacing this. I'm, I'm like really blasting off at these like $5 and $3 price points with, with ranks. Um, and be, they're, they're three, they're three person drafts and, and I'm just blasting off and, and, I, and I'm just hoping to get unique just inherently based on like other people's decisions that are being made with what I deem to be the best plays. Now, when I'm actually drafting in these contests that have less than, you know, 500 entrants in, then I might actually do something a little bit more unique that I probably don't have ranks wise set up. Like maybe I'm more apt to go to tight end in, in the, in the De bomb or, or, or go, you know, make my way to Josh Reynolds or JMO as opposed to opting for one of the Ravens running backs. So it is kind of odd. I, I think like you would normally probably do the inverse where you get weird in the large field, but for me, I'm trying to get unique in those contests because I think everybody's going to be playing the way that I'm like, like going with the best place. Like you said, go looking for the floor where I can maybe get like, be like one of like potentially like very, very few teams that have these like one offs that I still think have a chance to, you know, be in a, in a top scoring lineup. The, the other thing too, I, I really, I mean, we talk about contest size mattering, but payout structure really matters. Like I just pulled up the Sunday brawl to uh 5,600 plus entrance. First place is 5k. Fifth place is 750. Like that's a very big swing of like playing for first. Those pieces, those unique differentiators can be huge there. Then you pull up the QB sneak. First place is 2,000. Sixth place is a thousand. Fifth place is 1,050. Fourth place is 1,100. So like super, mm. super flat in those top five. And then you're only competing against 47 rosters. I, it's not even, I don't think playing scared. I just think that payout structure doesn't um, require you to go crazy because like, what do you win when you win an extra $50 or a hundred dollars from fourth to fifth. So I do think really looking at those price structures specifically can help kind of dictate how off the board you want to go. That's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely contest specific. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting crazy in my QB sneaks. I'll tell you that. That's my one <laughs> bullet. I'm definitely, definitely putting, putting, putting the condom on whenever it's time to time to draft those ones. But uh, you know, the, the blitz single entry one forty four. I might, I'm, I mean, 
it's another really flat structure, but I mean, just to have exposures to, cause, cause I'm very, very much exposed to like seven players. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not a deep pool at all for me in, in my portfolio thus far. So I really am treating this weekend uh, from a portfolio standpoint, just because of how, how many drafts you can get in. And the fact that we're only looking at two games, you know? So yeah. Uh, I think it's a really interesting way to to kind of handle handle this weekend. I think we got uh, gifted a really nice slate for only a two gamer, just with like the the depth at tight end, and then the amount of people wanting to utilize flex in like so many different ways. Like if we had got kind of like a dusty tight end slate here, or even like a dusty quarterback slate, um, even if you just put Baker in here instead of some of these, like you would have you would have put the Mike Evans option up and the white option up, but it really would have thinned out the tight end pool, whether you were buying into like Kate Otten and that sort of stuff. So just, I, I think we got gifted a really nice slate and I think that's why they're filling so fast here. Yeah. The other thing too, about just like the team specifics, making it a nice slate, right? Where outside of the Niners, um, all of these teams like go pretty deep, you know, and the type mm-hmm. of pass catchers they'll use, you know, you got like the Josh Reynolds versus Jamison Williams scenarios where if you get, you know, you have a team like the Eagles and uh, sorry to all the Quez Watkins slappies. It's just like, <laughs> that guy's not even going to be relevant. Whereas you can make strong cases for Odell versus Bateman for JMO there. And then the one team that is hyper condensed, we get this crazy Q tag with Debo Samuel, which could make, you know, a Jawan Jennings play really open up or really push up the other guys in your ranks to even higher positions. So I, I think it is fun too, that we were kind of blessed with the right team dynamics to make it an interesting slate. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of the slate right now, like primarily uh, like all these contests are three person contests. I would say that I think I would be nice to have like a fullback dive style four person contest. Uh, part of the, the flaws with the four person contest is if someone does something a little gal brain to try to get unique, they can potentially give up value to another team. And then that gives you access to a combo that, or somebody else access to a combo that you wouldn't have. But when you do it fullback dive style, you definitely limit that kind of behavior. Uh, and, and it does kind of, it really does change the dynamics like in a very big way when you do four person versus three. So if you hear us out there, uh, you know, may, maybe, maybe a fullback dive, a uh, four, four back dive. How about that? Uh, to, to kind of uh, give us some variety, but there is the cover four, which is four person drafts, three max entries. So uh, that's a nice way to kind of scratch that itch, but primarily all these drafts are three persons. So it's kind of fun because it does give you the ability to scroll down and get unique without having to pick, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, like trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To make the decision of like CEH versus McCole Hardman with your last pick, like that doesn't feel good, but then weighing the options between uh, Bateman, Gus Edwards, Isaiah likely and JMO feels fine with your last pick. Exactly. That- that's why the Chiefs are the ultimate psyops, right? Because there's so much trash down the depth chart that we're convinced that what if one of them is slightly less trashy than the others this week? <laughs> well, I I got dunked on for bringing up the maybe it's Kadarius Tony week, and they're just done with the McCole Hardman stuff and the goal line, you know, role and the gimmicky stuff that you used to use Jarek McKinnon for and used to use McCole Hardman gets flipped, and now Kadarius Tony is in there, so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm eating a little bit of that trash. Full bag time for <laughs> this, his life. Glad uh, someone's uh, working on a Friday afternoon. 
Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> uh, new me, I'm telling you, man, you got to get all of us in your performance review, and we're gonna you're you're getting that that hundred percent raise because you, man, you're just just crushing it out here. Or actually, hope it's hope that deserves. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope that we're, that we're lobbying for. Hope uh, we're getting a raise. New me is on the brink of being fired. The, yeah. the real question is to just see how much pull you know the Badge Bros community has. Like, what's the weirdest contest that we could float? And <laughs> just like name and, and structure. Like, I was on my portfolio review. I was saying I wanted to see an eleven max contest to see if the OCD people would do just ten entries because I got a lot of feedback that within the underdog community, there's a lot of people who like the really nice round numbers when they're sweating their entries. And so I think it would be a fascinating sociological or psychological experiment to do an 11 max and see how many of the power users still only do 10. That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> now, just other, an experiment. The other one that I was thinking of the other day was what about a heads up style tournament, like a head to head. So you draft this four team slate, two game slate, but just head to heads over and over again. But those head to heads aren't like cash game one V ones. They go in the pool. I, I don't know if I'm following. Explain it to me. That'd be like Chop City, right? Like I don't know. No, you'd think, but then it gives you like more reasons to scroll is basically the thesis of it. So it's like instead of three-person lobbies, you just have two-person lobbies and you run the same contest. Like then oh, now you enter... Mm, two-person VR. You, now you have like super leverage, right? Because if you go to the golf route, if you go whatever, you make Lamar plus CMC is basically chalk. Like it, it could get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a recipe for disaster. But I don't think it is spinning that one up in the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like where your head's at, but uh but speaking of like contest size and structure, I was talking with, with John. We were I was kind of having a little bit of a debate with him. I'm curious where you think, Pete, on the uh, drafted percentage. You know, Lamar every single time, 33%. And then you have these other three of Purdy, Mahomes, and Goff. And we were kind of divvying up that last 66%. How much of that percentage do you think is going to Goff? Because I described him as giga leverage. And uh, John John was like, he might be the third most drafted quarterback. Well, That's a really uh, interesting one. I think I – go ahead, John. I don't think he'd be the third most drafted. I just think the percentage would be – greater than where you currently think it is. I think it's much closer. Okay. I think it, I don't it's think really interesting because like the Brock spot is just so clean, right? It's the cleanest matchup on the week. Like if anything, like it, it's so funny how I do think people are still probably anchored to the projection. Like I would flip Brock over Mahomes, you know, personally, like in, in my ranks. Um, but the one thing that I think won't make Goff necessarily giga leverage is because Amon Ross St. Brown is the second pick off the board. I do think that funnels people to some stacking there. And then same with Laporta. And I think people can also tell themselves the, the story of, you know, Niners hang a bunch of points and Goff just has to sling it the entire second half. But I mean, what, if we're doing the percentages, what do we think? He, I think he's probably around 35 to 40%. Well, the three-person lobbies, he'd be max 33. Sorry, I'm talking about the uh, the four. Or sorry, the... No, yeah, the three. Okay, yeah. So I don't think he was going to get higher than that. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree that he wouldn't be like that. We were thinking he'd be more on like the leverage side in terms of like he'd be going undrafted so frequently that like being 11% owned in the totality of the contest. I could be off on I haven't done enough draft to have enough anecdotal I, this week to see how yeah. often he's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I guess from like my my personal standpoint, what what? And I was going to say, in my sample, is skewed as fuck because it's just Jared Goff gets drafted in every draft. Yeah, because it's you. It's you. The answer is coming from inside the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> We're all right? looking for the guy, Pete. We're all looking for him. Yeah. yeah so I, I really don't think he's being drafted like very often. It would really surprise me because I think of it as two ways. Like one, the spot for Brock is just so freaking clean. They're big favorites. And you have Mahomes who was Patrick Mahomes. And and while I think that the Mahomes golf projection is like very close or in my, you know, if I was making projections, I would have it very close. I, I, I have, I, I don't know that people are going to be getting to, to Jared Goff. Yeah. I, I mean, true. I wouldn't, he's playing, you know, like all the, the narrative that we have, and it's a very strong narrative with a lot of data points is that golf away from Ford field is, mm-hmm. is a completely different quarterback. Like, right. I'm so nervous. I'm so, I have so many, I have so many lines bags. Like I'm terrified of this matchup because all that everybody has said and all that Garrett, Jared Goff has shown us is that this dude hates playing outside. So yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't know how much that's, that's, that's seeping into the, to, to the drafters minds, but for me, man, I guess Goff is just leverage off myself at this point. But <laughs> well, let's. That, it's an interesting combo because there's another good question in the chat here about how we think, how unique we think, like Naked Lamar in, is and stuff. The one really interesting thing about this slate is it lends itself so heavily to stacking because all of the back end stack options are free, especially for Lamar. So let's think through some of like the paths that you guys think are unique levers to pull right now. Well. I, let me toss that back at you because are you, we mentioned the ARSB stuff going high. Like what ways are you kind of further compounding the golf leverage? Like, are you doing it with a ton of secondary lines, pass catchers, double running or, back? Or like, what are you doing? Or doing it without Amon Ra too. So doing like a, a golf Josh Reynolds and then that's like your only exposure to that game. And then you just eat raw points from like the other game. Right. I personally have a really strong Amon Ra fade. Um, I, I, I think I still <laughs> like the IU, the IUK spot is just insane. And if, if the underdog projection wasn't a five fantasy point difference, then it would not be, in my opinion, as stark as I think it's going to be. If there was ADP on, on these two, I don't know how. Like like Ayuk just seems like such a smash, and everybody on the on the Niners seems like an absolute smash this week. I, I, I just really, I, I don't like the biggest thing for me is like, I, I went heavy on Debo before he got that LP in mm-hmm. and, and I'm worried that he's going to be a decoy. That is like, that is like the absolute, like nut low run out for me is like, I get decoy Debo and, and it's just like half my teams are literally dead. Yeah. I, okay. I think it's two separate conversations. I think your bullish Ayuk stance is less to do with why you're underweight Amon Ra, and it's more the fact that you're taking Lamar at two is why you're underweight Amon Ra. Yeah, because I wouldn't take Ayuk at two, right? Like, right. I can get Ayuk yeah. at five so, sometimes. So. so so I think baked into my Amon Ra stance is more that I like the construction of my builds better when I take Amon Ra at two and leave myself flexibility 
at the quarterback positions and leave myself flexibility at that running back plus tight end because I think it's the the deepest quality, I guess. So I funnel myself to those builds where you're kind of funneling yourself more to the Lamar up top builds. Yeah, that's that's definitely accurate. Like I've got Lamar at two in almost every every time I enter a draft. Yeah, so maybe it's a little less player takey is kind of like all I was saying and more like mm-hmm. build dependent that's leading us there. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I think in a vacuum, I like Ayuk more than 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 Ra. Yeah, well. that's it's just then like you should have Lamar at two hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Who is who is the grossest uh, click that you guys have made this week? <laughs> oh, Jesus! Yeah. You, you, you uh, go. Uh, no, no. You, Des, you have to go first because John will one up you. So you, you will. You need to, <laughs> let me let me go to see who's at the bottom of my exposures. Uh, I had to take Noah Gray in a four person. Okay. Uh, not mm-hmm. not great. And then uh, Rashad Bateman. That's as gross as I've okay. gotten. I'm 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 yeah. I got I got chalkitis in a terminal way. I I've done the Juwan Jennings in hopes that Debo plays and he becomes a leverage piece before everybody tries to swap to him. So I've kind of done like a little bit of Juwan in like double stack where I think I want Debo to play. Um, I've done Justin Watson. I've done Kadarius Tony. I've done Ceh and yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. I have flirted the idea of an Elijah Mitchell in like this, the, the giga leverage where you do a build that you treat Elijah Mitchell as CMC, but you take him with the very second to last pick. So it'd be a Lamar build. So you build Lamar out of the 102, and then with your very last pick, you go no running back, and then you take Elijah Mitchell. You wow. know what, John? I'm just vaguely disappointed because I thought you were gonna come at me with like a Kyle Yush check. Uh that's <laughs> no. I feel like you've lost your fastball. I have <laughs> lost it a little bit. I've lost it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just bringing that 60 poo across the middle right now. Yeah. Ever since you had that tweet uh that was like your epiphany that maybe we're galbraining too much, uh, <laughs> and that we're still in the just play the best plays era, as Todd Munkin's wife uh would suggest as well. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Um, you guys want to talk about the games in general, like where you think they're going to be leaning and, and kind of what you like from each of them? Or do you want to just do like full deep dive on the positions and the and some of the, the leverage and builds we could build? I like I, I, like I think we games. hit on the games. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, let's do And this. kind of like take our way in, into there when you look at these projections after that, I think would probably be a good good way to do this. Cool. Oof. change anything yeah yeah we're up we got the game no, you're hub good you look good okay what if i go like oh, wrong. this is the uh fantasy life game hub if you go to the tools uh drop down you can access this and then if you click on each um game you can get individual write-ups from the team this is also where you can navigate from the to, uh from the utilization to the utilization report which i've been doing a decent amount this week like really getting in the weeds on you know what happened with odell beckham's snap share uh last week can you go back to the well the utilization report's really good for that i i, I think my spiciest utilization one right now would be the craig reynolds situation of last week where he finds his way in for that one snap scores the touchdown and how how different we would be drafting uh david montgomery right now if people saw the box score that indicated he scored that touchdown 
versus didn't because the utilization stuff is exactly what we've grown accustomed from those two players, including the, you know, the red zone and goal line stuff. It just so happens that that touchdown were accustomed to him scoring. He did not score there. So I think that's one of my, my biggest takeaways right now. It's a really good point, man. Uh, I mean, he's being disrespected in, in the battle Royales. He is there anytime that I want him. He's disrespected in the pick'em lobby. His rushing projection went from like 47 down to like 42 and a half right now. It's really, really poor. Uh, and I, and I, and, I, and while I, believe that like like road golf I'm, I'm i'm sorry i'm road golf pilled however <laughs> like we do kind of we have kind of seen the niners seed rushing yards and we know the nine the lions like as long as they can help it will run the shit out of the football so mm-hmm. i do think that there is a scenario where you know maybe they it, they, they start off and they maybe they get a stop with the Niners or they get their you know they get the ball first where Montgomery could like f- get 50 percent to his rushing projection in like a drive right like like he can they can they can run on these guys but mm-hmm. it's just a matter of can they could afford to run the ball depending on what the score of the game is so yeah. I'm just really surprised by the Montgomery disrespect. I have so much of him in BRs, and I really, really like his his uh, pick'em projection right now. I'm I'm excited to talk about that one too because in the I I did a pick'em article for Fantasy Life, and one of the rivals I picked was Gibbs over Montgomery rushing yards. But I actually like agree with you in general. But I like the idea of like if the run game is going, that Gibbs is going to get more yards. But mm-hmm. like in most situations you probably have Montgomery outrushing him. Yes, but I do like your stance because I think the way that this game is more likely to play out is the lions are, you know, trailing and they'll still try to run the ball. But I mean, at that point, like how is Gibbs not the break glass, you know, type of type of back for them. Right. I mean, he just, he is their, their home run. Other than that one uh, big run that Montgomery had in what was it the Chargers game, uh, he hasn't had too many uh, big runs there. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just I like the out there, and then you don't even have to worry about like the macro game environment of if the Niners are really shutting it down. Then you just need Gibbs to to outpace uh, Montgomery. But like you said, I mean the price is very different in mm-hmm. the in the drafts relative to the pick'em. Yeah, I do like it, that call though. I, is there any concern for you guys? I threw it tweet yesterday that got zero interaction about the health of the uh, offense. Don't you just call line. that a Tuesday, John? <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally just a Sorry, I had to use one of my soccer Dave burns on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> justifiably so. But are you guys concerned at all? Like, this is one thing I was kind of... I like the Montgomery stuff. I like the potential to score at the goal line. I like the fact that if this is a low-scoring slate and you just need, like, raw points from running backs that I could get that via Gus bus and David Montgomery. Like, cause I can just kind of pencil them both in for 10 touches right now. I think regardless of game script, that's where I'm at. I just look at this offensive line and, you know, um, Frank, Frank ran And who's the other guy? Uh, Jackson. They're both banged up. One's doubtful. Uh, Frank probably will tough it out and play. He always plays hurt kind of thing, but less than hundred percent. One of the best centers in the league. Like, does that stuff scare you at all, or are we not going that far down the, the line with the matchup stuff? If he misses, like I'll th- then then I'll push the panic button. But if he plays, I just have to assume that he's going to, you know, be a difference maker. 
uh, for further, but he's obviously important. Like there's, there's no, there's no denying that. Do you guys think like looking at this total for this lions and Niners game, because I I mean, I'm definitely part of the road golf stuff where I'm just incredibly spooked. I, I, I love it from John's stance of like BR of like, how do you exploit, you know, finally getting a guy that's not going to be a hundred percent drafted. So I like completely get that. But do you guys think it's weird? Like this total at 51 and a half, because this total does not reflect like road golf implosion. Like, I mean, like mm-hmm. a 31 20 game, like to me, that's the lions, you know, hanging in there in a big way. That's not necessarily even a meltdown from Jared Goff. Like my gut is to bet the, the under, but my gut is not going to be as good as the modeling uh, that arrived at this over. under. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I I can see this like this total here. This total kind of implies that, like you said, like the Lions are hanging in there. Um, for me, if I was a betting man, I'm not. I would I would do like I would I would say Niners cover, and then with that, like that implies that they cover big and they cover because the Lions can't score, and then they don't score, then the total doesn't hit. You know, that that's kind of how. And there there is, you know definitely a, a trend in that when you have, you know, home favorites of a touchdown or greater and in a total like this, you can kind of play that as a lower scoring game. So I am with you. Like this is, this is kind of intriguing to me from, from this standpoint, which makes me feel a little bit better about some of these lines that I am drafting, but I would not, you know, co-sign this. Yeah. I, I think what the totals implying and seeing what we're both seeing is that the Lions have multiple paths to scoring points where you exploit the Niners is on the ground. They have a decent run game that they could get ahead and do that. And then the points are implying that even if the Niners get up big on the back of like CMC or something like that, and he goes for like 150 and two, that they can throw their way into relevancy in the same capacity in which the Packers did for the initial drives of last week. So I think... I think the path to them winning the game, they would want it to be a lower scoring environment and not get in like a crazy shootout. But I think when you take the the spread of like the Niners being so heavily favored, the points are largely the Niners have taken their foot off the gas and they're playing like a little bit of prevent and giving like sag stuff over the middle when the game's out of reach. And that's when the points occur, like quote unquote garbage time. Mm-hmm. I do see what I do like about this game is that from like a lion's like bullish standpoint is that I think that they are a much better match or much tougher matchup defensively than the Packers were where we like, Mm -hmm. even when the Packers got up, like the Niners could still run the ball because they could do it so effectively on the Packers. Like everybody is the lions, like you can't really run against. So I think, you know, if, if Brock Purdy makes, makes like, it could be as little as one mistake where he makes one mistake. And then that results into like a big swing. Maybe it comes fresh off of a lion's score. And now the lions like have this like two point lead where they are forced to, to kind of throw the ball. But in the meantime, they can run on the, on the Niners and, you know, kind of take some time off the clock. I, I mean, I think that's kind of the recipe for beating the Niners for every team, but that, I mean, you really need Brock Purdy to kind of make mistakes and we've seen them do it before. Right. To well, your that- point. Sorry. Pete, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you. Uh, Right to your point there, Nez, is number one in terms of fantasy points allowed in underdog scoring against opposing running backs. Now, I'm not going to sell CMC short because of that, that matchup right there, but this is playing right into what you're saying there is 
you know, if they're in that situation, it's going to be tough to establish, even if you have the best running back on planet earth. And the way to go about it is this pass funnel, you know, 30th against opposing wide receivers and 30th against opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. And I'm just thinking through, you know, the whole reason like the, the road golf and, and road golf against tough teams, the whole reason that exists is because like, he just has meltdowns when <laughs> things start going poorly. Like you saw that bears game is just like ingrained in my head where it's just like turnover after turnover. And so to me, what's so interesting about thinking through the spread and the game scripts, it does think it feels like you're going to get like two polarized scripts based on what happens early with golf where either they right. get down, they have no choice. Dan Campbell isn't going to be able to run the ball if they're down three scores or two, even two scores in a field goal. And then you start to worry, does Jared Goff implode in this spot? Or they have success on the ground. They keep it tight. In those scenarios, are they limiting Goff? Or is it kind of like a really balanced approach where they're getting easier looks in the passing game because they are having success on the ground? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I fully agree with you there. I think we're kind of in lockstep with how we envision this game what's the best way in which to play it then on the site? Like, would you guys be, you know, obviously Nez is in a, in lockstep with the almond raw stuff like I am, but like, what's your guys' favorite approach to drafting it? Montgomery for me, man. Um, okay. I really do like the Montgomery stuff. I think like win or lose, he's obviously lose. He's less likely to get his, to get his, but like you, like you said, John, it's just such a good point. I think of like, if that Craig Reynolds goes to Montgomery, it, it really does change a lot. It changes a lot. People see the box score. They see he didn't have that great of a game. They see the matchup. And and I just don't think anybody wants to click him where I think he's he's a perfectly fine last-round pick. Now, on the and flip I think side, he's, yeah, good. Sorry, no, I think he's leverage off of the fact that Justice Hill's ADP or his projection is higher on the site. So, like, you know, recreational players who are in here filling these lobbies over the course of the weekend are just going to routinely click the guy who's higher, and I think he's the worst play. Right. I think what's tricky about how to attack it, right, is people are sold on one-off Amon Ra, one-off Gibbs, one-off Laporta, right? If you get shut out at tight end. So then you say, yeah. how do I embrace how the, the normie thought logic, myself included, you know, the lines get dusted here. It's it's with passing like double stacks, really, or even onslaughting where you have three, you have Gibbs, Laporta, and a pass catcher, or you double stack golf. Like that's really, that was kind of what I was asking John earlier. How are you compounding the advantage of golf not being drafted in every contest? I think that's that that's contest dependent for me because like on we drafted what did we draft first on Wednesday as the bomb and then we drafted something else and we built Lions onslaught in the bomb because I was like hundred dollar price point people probably will be way more apprehensive to do it and then when you go late in the draft and you see that you have Goff Amon-Ra and Laporta most people are never going to be like hey let's click David Montgomery as well is it thin as hell and a and a path that probably won't get there. Absolutely. But is it screaming leverage on this slate? Absolutely. Do you, do you think in general, um, the onslaught and let's define the onslaught as four players from a, from a team just in general, like, even if you do that, I guess outside the Niners, which it's hard to do ADP wise, but you know, you can do it for Baltimore, Kansas city, in Detroit, do you think that in itself is an advantage that most people won't feel comfortable taking four players from the same team? Yes, and I think more like even one step further is they'll 
be less likely to pair both of the Ravens tight ends together or both of the running backs in the Lions backfield or the running backs in the Ravens backfield together. So I think there you could you could triple down on leverage by like doing it and it's it's so thin, but if we're talking about a contest that has like, you know, 8,000 entries or whatever or 5,000 entries like the cover 3 or cover 4 has there, if you if you did Lamar plus like Hill and Gus Bus and likely like nobody else is playing that. I was going to mention the Lions, the double Lions RBs, where if you play Lions win and they do it like off the back of that Thunder and Lightning duo with Gibbs and Montgomery, no one's no one's doing that. And and I do think that that is like if the Lions win, I think those guys are both like in like strong play consideration. And then from the running back standpoint, like Hill and Gus don't even project that well. Pacheco is, is, you know, is, is a, is in a, in a lower total game with, you know, against a tough defense. And if the lions do win, then McCaffrey, maybe McCaffrey racks up receiving yards, but there's a chance that, you know, because the lions win part of that is because McCaffrey's muted. So I just think that that makes like really good sense is, is pairing lines running backs. And I think there's a really clean way to do it right now too. And it's from the 102 and it's passing on Amon Ra at the 102. You take Lamar first, right? Then at the corner goes Amon Ra and Ayuk or Amon Ra and Rice or Amon Ra and Pacheco, like almost every single time. Then you take Gibbs with pick five. Then it wraps back around. You take your tight end, play, pick your poison. But if you want to play full game environment, you could run the Kittle run back right there and then you got montgomery in the fifth or the sixth available to you and then you just take debo as like the primary run back piece who's available in the in the fifth there so you'd want debo to play but you could do it very easily with like naked lamar or skinny stack lamar and then you know debo and and kittle let me ask you guys a question if you, I understand why. If you want Lamar, you got to take him where you got to take him. That's just where the the projection, the ADP, whatever is anchored. What do you guys think the true value is of Lamar? Like, if you were to set these ranks or set the ADP, like, what do you think it is? Because looking at the ETR ranks, they are uh, way below the market of where they're drafting Lamar. I mean, the ceiling for me is just, you know, the ceiling case is, is where it's at, where he has the ability to to hit a ceiling that a lot of these guys just really don't like. We haven't seen Mahomes come close to Lamar's ceiling this year. Purdy kind of has the ability to hit that ceiling, which he goes at the last pick like a lot. So, you know, I think that that maybe is the leverage is like, hey, maybe Purdy, you know, instead of, instead of uh, Lamar. But, or you think it's really just that like, 1v1 or 2v2 of Amon-Ra, your Amon-Ra Purdy versus Lamar and Ayuk, I guess, right? I mean, that's kind of like what it comes down to. And for me, I I, I just, I, I've seen, I've seen the Lamar ceiling and I think playing, playing through that where he separates in a way that like in that 2v2, it's just, you can't come back from is the way to do it. Especially if I can get Ayuk sometimes with him. Yeah. yeah, I think I think people are playing Lamar in a vacuum wrong. Um, I, I think I like if we just think about like from a football standpoint, what's Lamar's ceiling? Well, Lamar's ceiling like mirrors basically exactly what happened last week for Josh Allen or for himself as well. But how Josh Allen played 
on the slate is kind of more indicative of Lamar because the price point was like slightly different. So if you can get Lamar at like pick three, right. For instance, I think you want to just run him naked and have all the high scores from the other spot, because if Lamar breaks the slate, it's probably not tethered to anyone because he scores twice on the ground. So I understand in some rooms you get boxed out and you have to pair him with Gus Edwards or you have to pair him with whatever. I think everyone defaults to pairing him with likely or Andrews or flowers. If he comes all the way back, I think if I was trying to get overweight Lamar, I'd also be overweight him not being stacked because the way he breaks the slate in terms of raw points is all through him. And maybe he drags flowers along for like, 14 or whatever and flowers becomes like the highest scoring wide receiver i'm not xing it out of my portfolio but i just think in a vacuum like when when are you gonna see a lamar goes for 35 and flowers goes for 30 alongside him whereas i could envision maybe like mahomes and rice being closer to that or mahomes kelsey finding their way tethered together does that make sense let me push push back on it just a little bit because and I have been guilty of ignoring the Lamar naked type stuff uh, before. Like that's been a blind spot for me. But like, isn't it just as true that Lamar could break the slate by throwing three passing touchdowns and that some of those rushing plays, you know, in the red zone, you know, you run hot on, on them passing or you get a couple long bombs or something like that. Like couldn't that narrative just flip just as quickly to him getting there with stacking partners? Or is your point just that the field is playing it almost exclusively like that and therefore there's no advantage in also playing it like that? Exactly. The okay. the latter point there. So it's more yeah. what the field's doing. Like is the range of outcome like as strong as the field's indicating it is? Because the the thing with Lamar, when you when you take Lamar early, you get boxed out at wide receiver, which is quote unquote thin this week, and nobody is taking wide receivers that don't stack with Lamar unless they have Lamar in Bateman, Odell, and Nelson Aguilar, right? So then what's the default move for the team that always gets boxed out at wide receiver? Well, it's to stack wide receiver. Because nobody wants to, because if you get boxed out at wide receiver, it doesn't make sense to just take like Josh Reynolds with Lamar when you can have a stack partner. Nez, what do you think the draft percentages are for... I guess basically all of the non-flowers uh, pass catchers for the Ravens. Uh, geez, man, I, I you don't really see anybody go outside of uh, Flowers and Andrews as far as pass catchers go. Like I don't see Bateman go hardly at all. I rarely see Beckham go after after yes after uh, last week, and I definitely don't see any uh, any Aguilar. So it's 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 flowers or, or uh, Andrews and likely if if you get boxed out at tight end and likely doesn't likely only goes if somebody in a room takes two tight ends. So there's leverage. There's big time leverage on the Lamar stuff. Uh, if you do like like the Aguilar thing. That's, that that's, that's, that's what I'm Bateman. trying to untangle because so John, you're mainly saying you think probably the Lamar flowers, Baltimore tight end is pretty chalky, but do you think you can actually play the passing touchdown upside scenario for Lamar? If you're doing it with these pieces that aren't always getting drafted. 
it would probably have to be like the break the slate mold type player. So probably not Aguilar, like just because like the eight or nine points isn't enough leverage. It'd yeah. probably be like Odell or Bateman. And yeah. you just play it like, oh, there's the 80 yards in a score on one isolated play. Right. And again, like th- this conversation, like you said, all comes back to contest size too, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're playing one of these small ones and you want to like double or triple Lamar, like, you know, that's fine. Whereas like you said, the Aguilar stuff, like you're going to have to hit the nuts um, in, in the bigger contests. Absolutely. I, I got a question for you guys. Do you have a lean on the Mark Andrews likely stuff or do you guys, you know, we just got the report earlier that a Mark Andrews is going to play and B potential snap count limitation, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys buy any of that shit or is it postseason? Let's go. Do you think likely's earned enough for, you know, to be relevant still? It's interesting, right? Like, because if we look at the utilization report, like for Mark Andrews, I don't think his snap share was ever gaudy. Like it was never <laughs> insane to begin with. And now like likely has been playing so well. Well, okay. We're seeing these this year, his route percentage was insane. It, Mark, Mark Andrews is in the nineties. It looks like a uh, routine almost every week. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I just remember like the year prior, I think maybe he was more like a 60%. It was like really strange. So based on his, his early season usage, the floor for Andrews route participation, I feel like is like 60%, right? Like it, it, it just really, it doesn't seem like they're going to hold back where, you know, but likely it's been playing so well, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's really hard to say in a vacuum though. Give me Mark Andrews. And I don't think that's like a hot take obviously, but the likely leverage is real for sure. Like, like I said, I'm only getting likely if I get boxed out at tight end in these, in these drafts. I mean, I guess this is the obvious point, but it really comes down to what kind of snap percentage you think Mark Andrews is going to have. Right. And if he is limited, is he going to fall into that decoy bucket type thing at all? Because if he does return to what he was like, we know we, we saw it last year, right? Like we saw likely breakout and then we saw them come into the season. They said, you're back to your, you know, your bench, your part-time role, like Mark Andrews is the guy. So if they roll that same playbook out this week, like likely is essentially unusable outside of like binking a touchdown. But if Mark Andrews isn't hundred percent healthy, like if he's not at a full complement of snaps and likely is even over what 50%, like that starts to get really interesting. Yeah. Like you could see them using more, I mean, obviously different OC this year versus like last and stuff, but like, could see them using more two tight end sets. Like, cause I just think likely shown enough, especially like maturity wise. Like you could talk about like the one hand catch that he had. You talk about like some of the long touchdowns he had that, you know, I don't think Mark Andrews is capable of anymore, especially if he's banged up right now. And then like the maturity of last week where, you know, he tells Lamar, throw it up, throw it up. Ball gets picked in front of him, or I can't remember if it was picked or knocked down. And then they run the exact same play where he scores the touchdown, you know, two drives later, and he scores it in the exact same point by telling him, throw it up, throw it up. I don't know. I think there's like a little more something there with likely. I'm not ready to write him off yet, but I've also been the guy who's guilty of calling likely, you know, 90% Andrews and thinking he might be better than Andrews at this point. As, as someone who hasn't uh, been in the streets as heavily this week, can you guys give me the uh, the little chart of like what has gone on with Debo and Mark Andrews ADP over the course of the week? Yeah, they, 
they, they were basically Debo would go almost undrafted sometimes. Like I would say he'd go undrafted 12 to 15% of the time early in the week. Then there was a whole window where he got drafted every damn time in the sixth or fifth round. And now he's still palatable. Like sometimes someone will push him up into the fourth because they're like bullish and they're trying to build out a certain stack. But for the most part, he goes in the fifth. And then Andrews went from, you know, people were skinny stacking likely and kind of like a one-off Q tag guy to now everyone just takes Andrews as their default last tight end and likely in these new contests is near 0% owned uh, because the teams that double up on tight end will double up with Andrews and Kelsey or or Kittle and Andrews or Kittle Laporta and then everyone will just kind of like leave likely. There was like a little bit of a window where it was gray area with Andrews where people would still default flyback on likely but rarely do two people go to tight ends in the same room unless you're in the four person lobbies so it's really rare to see likely get drafted now yeah i maxed the og sunday knockout um i have two likely shares that's that's 75 drafts uh it looks like 75 percent mark andrews and that was mostly at like pick 13 sometimes pick 15. Uh, so that's that's the furthest that I ever let him fall. Uh, I was always like Lamar or, or quarterback last last pick. So, um, But I, I see Debo Samuel in those similar ranges as well when I look at my, my teams where it's like that same like pick 15 or pick 13 where it's he was my last skill position player a lot. But thankfully, that was like time boxed. And as we get more news that, you know, he's limited and, you know, more and more bullish news, whereas his cost is going to, you know, get more more expensive. Thankfully, you don't have to game theory that because we've got these these time boxes. So that that is yeah. nice. It's interesting to note that the projection for likely still sits ahead of Andrews. So there is this weird perception of leverage when you draft Andrews, but yet nobody drafts likely. It's weird. I know. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to hit on with Chiefs, uh, Ravens? Any ambiguity on the Chiefs side? I think everyone's just playing the hits with the with the Chiefs. Uh, you guys both said that you like Purdy over Mahomes. Um, I have more Purdy than Mahomes. I'm not sure. I, I love it, but uh, yeah. Any anything else to add there? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, I, I just—I mean, ETR has the projections on Mahomes and Purdy like neck and neck. I mean, ceiling is 0.1 different on both of them with with Mahomes with the you know just the smallest of of leads there. So it, I mean, it's it's very close. Interesting. I'm I'm certainly playing like it's not. So maybe I need to uh, do a little. <laughs> uh, reallocation of resources there but for for me it's i mean you, you see these projections on underdog i mean outside of the big four man it's so it's so tough i mean mm-hmm. i guess maybe you know maybe tony right like he's been full participant uh he, it's the evil we really don't know of the last few weeks versus <laughs> the evil we do with mbs and watson not even registering i don't even think a target and hardman seemingly you know <laughs> like there's how does Hardman even dress this week right like after that after that fumble uh well Kelsey did admit that it was his fault but 
you know, maybe he's trying to buy some goodwill for his his teammate, but I don't know how it's your fault if a guy fumbles. But he said he blew the block or something. Kelsey is Kelsey's just crushing PR lately. I think is where what we can attribute <laughs> that to. Uh, Fair to, enough. <laughs> yeah, um, have you guys done? I mean, we I, we already listed the gross plays, but like, who? What is your guys' exposure on non Rashi Rice, Travis Kelsey pass catchers? Well, very, very low. You don't mind self doxing your uh, KC uh, wide receiver exposure. I mean, it's flat zero outside of that one <laughs> Noah Gray share when I had two people go double RB in a four person draft. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's literally non existent. I don't think it's worth, okay. I don't think it's worth have, my entry. I have 3% CEH, 3% MVS, 2% Kadarius Tony. Like we're talking like four or five lineups max. Yeah. It's like, yep. it's, it's so hard with those guys. I mean, you, you basically, you just need the, the MVS game from last year, right? Where it's just like, he gets loose for the one bomb and he gets up to like 13 or, you know, miraculously like 13 or 14 points and it's optimal, but yeah. it, it does feel extremely thin. Yeah, very much so. And I think there's, I think there's a, better in quotations uniqueness levers to pull at the back end of drafts and i think it's the one that we already hit on which was david montgomery so that's kind of been like my default back end flex there both in terms of leverage and raw points and then the other one is gus edwards because if i'm soft fading lamar at 102 for like the entirety of my portfolio build uh taking amon rod there well i should probably be overweight gus edwards falling in the end zone twice because he's taking that directly from Lamar. So doubling down on my previous bed that I've made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there were dynamic ranks, like not having Lamar Jackson would boost Hill and Gus. So, so much like mm -hmm. ju just from a leverage standpoint of like what you, like what you need to take place for, you know, for, for Lamar to not beat you. Uh, yeah. Those, those guys are, are mega like leverage this weekend. And it's and, yeah. Good. And it's just so fucking hard to throw on the Chiefs. Like, Ladarius Sneed hadn't given up a touchdown all year until Josh Allen threw that seed that was, like, a perfect pass last week um, to Khalil Shakur there. And then, basically, they took no shots deep, whether that was scheme or whether that was the fact that, you know, they just didn't trust that he could do it versus that defense, right? Like, McDuffie's best slot corner in the league. I, I, I don't know. Like, I just... If you're going to win with Lamar, it feels like you win with Lamar's legs and he hits his tight ends. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a, it's going to be a fun it's going to be a fun battle, man. Both these defenses are so strong. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to uh want to want to play something? Yeah. Let's do it. Take us there. Uh, yeah, we got we got save some time for some four? for some for some good pick 'em builds too. Yeah. All right. Let's let, yeah, let's do this one, man. Okay. Oh, oh the old they're cracking down. Yeah. Oh shit, hoops. <laughs> the <laughs> tiles got moved on you. <laughs> Fucking knew me. <laughs> Ooh, this is hope, a good, good comment. Hope would never. Chat. Hope, would, hope never. would never. Good comment in the <laughs> chat. Little uh little narrative street. What's the narrative? Haven't you heard? MBS is conference champ hero. Two of the mm. last three years. 
Yeah, <laughs> counterpoint. The Super Bowl logo is purple. Hey. <laughs> Come on. How do you how do you not how do you how do you fade that? Yeah, that's right. I guess I guess you thread the needle MVS in a loss. Two tutties. Oh, oh <laughs> that's how go. all the narratives come together. And then Taylor Swift breaks up with Travis Kelsey, starts dating Isaiah Likely, still at the Super Bowl. Everyone wins. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> oh my. Um, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Barnes YouTube. There we go. Free ads. Free ads. Go check out Patrick Barnes's. I remember. YouTube. I roasted that one time on a best ball breakfast stream. I think it was like two summers ago. And then I learned that uh, he does, I don't know if he does still, uh, but does like YouTube stuff for, for ETR. He's like, Oh, that's behind the scenes. YouTube guys. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to say he does like really charitable stuff. He's out here (laughs) saving lives. I mean, I would consider helping Evan Silva to be an active charity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. DMC, no debate. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting week in that regard for like, especially for the three person contest that nobody's really flipping the board because there's no need to. So people's builds are funneling very similar and the kind of like only really unique GM GMs is if you get a Lamar CMC, which I have not, I don't know if they exist. I thought we saw one in the discord uh, early in the week, but then we, I was corrected after our show so I haven't seen Lamar CMC and I have a couple Lamar Amon Ra where the, you know, Lamar at, at three gets passed over. But, uh, outside of that, it's, it's really hard to like gal brain your way into opposed to if there was like chase or CD and, and Tyreek on this slate, for instance, you could kind of just be flip-flopping them all at one and feel comfortable. I, I, you just can't on this slate. It does feel uncomfortable, right? And but I, I don't think that it's like wrong necessarily to say like, hey, in a four-person contest, like I do want Amon Ra one hundred and one because of right. like how thin wide receiver gets, and maybe then you lend yourself to like you know a, a pretty a pretty unique build in that regard, um, just slightly, I guess. But yeah, uh, okay. So I think the chalky decision for most people here has actually been Kelsey plus Kittle. Which is like really? commonly paired with CMC. I'm seeing it like a decent amount. Mm. What do you guys like? I like wide receiver. Pick one. Come on, Debo. I thought you. I yeah. thought you were just the guy that said Debo's going to be a decoy. I'm scared he will be, but I have a lot. I can't. I can't not co-sign that. I think you got to play this as if you're winning and getting. Okay, so do we San Francisco onslaught in the thoughts that nobody else will? I would. I would in this size contest. How many entries is this? Less than four fifty. Yeah, I'd onslaught it with Kittle. All right. I think people are apprehensive to click three from the same team at the front end. One like get- overarching. I just wonder, I guess you give the IU owner, you know, two cracks at Brock, which might not work out well, but for us, but yeah, I just don't like taking Zay. I don't like taking Zay without Lamar, you know, like that just feels, that feels extremely suboptimal. Is that leverage then? Because maybe everyone feels that way, Ness? Maybe, maybe. But for me, it just seems like not necessarily the best play. Like, like maybe the best play is the one you never make. How's that? <laughs> and that, and that includes 
naked Zay. Like that to me, that that just seems like a no brainer. Like do not do not do. Okay. David Montgomery goes. Gus bus leverage from the other game. Run backs in the Detroit stuff or scroll the F further. Do you guys want to do Purdy and just like lock that just, up? Yeah, no. Purdy. No, really, no, because there's no way Chip takes Purdy. He's got Amon Ra. Chip is an unhinged. Chip, Chip, are Chip, you familiar with Chip's work? Do you have any? <laughs> Chip is about to go Jawan Jennings, Brock Purdy. If we don't take Brock Purdy, <laughs> like he Chip, said Jawan Jennings' name Chip, five times. You in the guys, chat. okay? Make right. John pay. John, John yeah. wants to take our scroll the oh. F down pick. Before the QB that is determines our entire lineup. Go well, I was go Jamo. Okay. Go Jamo. Okay. No, I <laughs> Chip, for the record, put it put it on the record here that that I believe you, Chip, that you would not take Purdy. I believe That's you. That's someone man. who's trying to bait you into leaving Purdy on the board. That's exactly what they would say. <laughs> Just for the record, I believed you, bud. The streets of Philadelphia are not safe, and neither are our draft rooms whenever <laughs> Chipsy is around conniving absolutely <laughs> conniving man i i know he was dying to do the jennings and and purdy and get leverage that's like triple leverage off us that is and bid equity bid equity plus leverage uh, i trusted him he'd be crowned a hero in, he in our family with bid equity <laughs> <laughs> okay so the the question is here if jmo comes back to us it's a pretty clean run back it's a break the slate type do you want that or what are we going to do at the wide receiver position? Yeah. So honestly, like when I've been doing the onslaughts uh, or just like in general too, I kind of like doing them without the bring back. Um, okay. But I don't mind applying that logic to the other game with the chief or Raven. Okay. So JMO goes there. So we wouldn't have had the option anyways. I think there is one low-key looming thing with this Khalif Raymond that could cut into our perception of Josh Reynolds, too. Like, just putting you've it been, on people's radar. You've been waiting for Khalif Raymond Day. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play. I still don't think he's going to play. But I do think he matters in terms of, like, people's mm-hmm. confidence interval with the other two players. Uh, yeah. This feels like Bateman. It feels like we're contrarian enough to do that. Yeah. Do you guys have a better suggestion? No, really, I was man. trying to talk myself into some like Tony or Justin Watson, but I think Bateman's the play. Okay. I, it's nice to see the uptick in him. It's really nice to see the, we thought it was going to be Odell and then it wasn't. And then we get this confirmation that it's Bateman because I think we're at this point where the three of us think Bateman's more talented if he's healthy. Correct. Yeah. I'd like to think so. so. <laughs> I hope so. So yeah, it's interesting. Like- you just Bateman feels like a, a comfy late click in that the playing time was really good last week, and we know he has the downfield skill set, right? Where he if if someone's catching a bomb right now in this offense, it is probably him. The the one I wanted to ask you guys with is Nelson Aguilar. Like we saw him catch the touchdown last week. Does that role kind of like go away if you have two tight ends? Like, is he even on the field for those sets by the goal line there? And that becomes likely in Andrews and now, like, the upside and the allure of upside of Aguilar is gone. So Bateman and Odell are the better late clicks. 
over Aguilar because you think he's get he's being drafted too. Yeah, I'm much just asking you... because I think there's yeah. two there's there's two Galbrains with with Aguilar. It's he's their wide receiver too, and he's going overlooked right now, or he's going to be like kind of like flushed and faded out of how he scored points last week. Hmm. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that thought. Um, I, I guess it all comes back to the Mark Andrews thing again, and is like, are they just plugging him into that role? Because like the whole two tight end set thing, like, have we actually seen that really play out and be part of their offense, or ha- is hasn't it been more so that they just feel comfortable having one starting tight end? Yeah, it's more so the latter. Yes, you're right. yeah, we haven't seen it. It's an assumption of of evolution in coaching which we all know how that works out yeah slippery slope (laughs) yeah um do you guys want to rip one more because they're quick or you guys want to get straight to the pickums here i'm ready for some pickums but if you want to do one we can nope too late you already swung my arm i wanted to get one more 25 dollar 100 dollar filled while we were on stream Mm, better hurry up (laughs) um all right I think we're starting this. Do you guys want to do game environment, spice, or or favorite plays first? I say we start with favorite plays. Okay. I think we would all then say David Montgomery. That would be mine, at least. My favorite, although I guess it's been slightly complicated with the Debo stuff, Um because I really liked the um, the Ayuk and the Kittle numbers, um, which were up there even with the Debo being out. I guess I'll I'll turn and I'll I'll just take um, the Brock Purdy higher passing yards. Kind of take the cop out. Last five quarterbacks against the Lions have thrown uh, the the least amount, three hundred and forty five passing yards. You're kidding, Jesus Christ! And do you know, Nez? Do you know who two of them were? It was the same player twice. Who was it? Nick Mullins. Wow, that's right. 400 wow. yards and like 380 or something like that. And this is in, in my John voice. Wasn't Brock Purdy just kind of fancy Nick Mullins anyways? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Spot on. Come on. <laughs> like, isn't he? No. He kind of no you, know, you know why he's not, Nez? Because <laughs> Nick Mullins can run better. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Do you guys like Purdy passing yards over fantasy points then? I feel like uh, fantasy I didn't see points has given us was. the hook quite a bit. So yeah, maybe we just stick is, passing yards. 20 is kind of high because you, you have to rely on the touchdowns at that point in time. And he hasn't cleared that in a couple weeks now. You need, you need touchdowns to get to 20.5. Whereas it's conceivable he gets to like 300 yards passing, but CMC punches it in three times. Yeah. ETR's, uh, their, their FanDuel uh, projection on him is 19.1. Um, most of like the fantasy life yard projection passing yard is like identical to this number here. So this is more yeah. like a little IKB flare of like, this is an awesome spot for the passing offense. Things are now a little more murky with Debo of which guy you go to, but man, Brock should, should feast in this spot. Hey, chat legend, Tyler makes a really good point. The rivals on Purdy and Goff, kind of nice. Okay. 
Yeah. I did the math on these when I was doing my fantasy life pick them thing. Look and I was trying you. to find all the best ways. And I was using fantasy life projections and it graded out almost identical, just strictly doing it. Mm. But I think depending on how you're building the, this kind of angle can certainly make sense. You, you think this is a pretty sharp adjustment though? Okay. Based on the projections it was. Okay. Hmm. I like it. It has my endorsement, but I think for this play, we can continue with Purdy passing yards, but I like that shout. Yeah. Um, does it make sense then to correlate with a with a pass catcher here, naturally? Yeah. I think so. Can. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like these numbers are coming down a little bit with the Debo news. I'm having a hard time seeing it on your screen. I haven't pulled up on mine. What is the IUCA? I'll get in the lobby. It's still 80 and a half, which is what I had earlier. Oh, okay. The, yeah. The then maybe it's not. What in the Kittle? Okay. So those haven't moved actually. 61 and a half for Kittle. Which is kind of crazy, right? Like what would, if, if there were Debo projections out, like what would, what would they even be at this point? I guess like it's weird because it feels like these pass catchers don't have Debo active baked in. Maybe they do, mm. but Purdy kind of does almost. I mean, just by doing doing quick math of you know Ayuk, Kittle, and then like CMC, that is like not even two hundred yards of passing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So who's Go on Jennings, just going to cook, man? <laughs> it's wild that we're not getting spice on Kittle and Ayuk TDs. Even most weeks, you were getting the 1.25 on Ayuk. Mm. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really shocked by that. I think I lean, um, man. I mean, Detroit, it's just like no matter which way you slice it, they've been so bad against quarterbacks, so bad against wide receivers, slightly less bad uh, against tight ends i mean that stuff can be noisy i guess i if i had to choose i would lean toward iuk but man 80 is a fat number that's a big number yeah mm -hmm. we could do the old uh zone versus man you know that bro science one and iuk's the better matchup anyways and that's why this price is here but uh and of course you don't have any Jawan yardage i mean no. we can maybe do like a play the best plays uh entry here and just like move on after you know this purdy that way we don't get docked okay i'm fine with it because there's some plays that i like like i like the montgomery one and it kind of correlates and then i like some of the gus bus stuff any other stuff you guys like that's popping out i mean i i am a justice hill man myself so okay. his scrimmage yards um has been something that i've done last i looked they didn't have a fantasy points for justice or maybe they did I, I i would like that if if that's up okay let's take a look <clears throat> uh i did it again uh 7.65 feels yeah it feels it, it feels like justin hill is low-key game script proof where it's like you get what you got last week if they're trailing or you get some receiving work if they're trailing and if they're winning, he was probably a contributor. He might not get the goal line role. That's the Gus Bus stuff. But it does feel like 7.65 is pretty decent. I agree with you, John. This 7.65, I don't think implies a win or a loss. Right. Where if it was yeah. like 10, it's like, okay, well, then they have to be dominating. Like he can get this either way. What's Gus Edwards comparatively? 
it's like the exact same. Yeah, 0.3 points less. No rivals either on these two, so you can't really like leverage that. But there is two Gus rivals up, one against McCaffrey, one against Pacheco, both for rushing yards. Nothing that like makes me want to like scream and play these two, but I don't know. Isaiah Pacheco getting giving up almost 25. What what side of the adjustment do you like there? You like you like Gus on that? Is that what you mean? No, not with Justice Hill fantasy points, but like, no, yeah, I guess I don't know. So yeah, I probably like a good these, line. I feel like, like these are sharp. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good pick them. Uh, on the Gibbs stuff. I kind of like, um, so I like I mentioned Montgomery. I like Montgomery's project. The Ceh seven and a half rushing. I love this dusty shit. I love getting to these dusty guys with these like low total ones that you're just sweating. They get on the field and get one nice carry. <laughs> that's why I like this. If Justice Hill scores a touchdown, I mean, like mm-hmm. that's obviously not a guarantee. Like that's a like it's a smash right there. Um, Fair enough. What do you what do you guys like more? So my the, the initial projection that I liked was Montgomery rushing just on his own 42 and a half. Um you can also play this. So I definitely I I definitely don't think I'm rushing attempts. He only had 10 rushing attempts against Tampa Bay and they ended up winning by like almost two scores. So Yeah, he'd have 11 if Craig Reynolds would stay the fuck on the sidelines. <laughs> Did you guys see in the chat people were saying before that I guess that was revealed on a Monroe St. Brown's podcast to be an accident? Yeah, yeah. there's a good little clip. How does that happen? There's that's just like, do. dude, hasn't had a touch since week eight. That's that's wild yeah. to me. Fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> like, just ran out there. Like, it's wild. Interesting um, that Montgomery is eclipsed the receiving yards in back-to-back weeks. I don't really love the. I don't really love playing that, but you know, I'm sure someone's. I, so yeah, I think I, rushing yards. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think it, I think it's rushing yards or touchdown, and I think I'm pretty happy putting the touchdown one in the spice one. Yeah, we can back pocket the tu- the touchdown. Yeah, I think I like that. Okay, that's a core three. Do we want to stretch it to five here? We can we can um, look around. I'm cool with playing a three. You know, we don't we we don't typically do core threes, but I would I, I think that, that you know we like playing threes. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good mathematics. There's just, yeah, there's just like considerably less options on this slate in general, right? Yeah, considering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we can do it. We can rock a core three, and mm-hmm. um, if we want to build out like a game one. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, then we'll we'll go more kind of correlated there. Okay. It's weird that I think with the game one, I, I feel like it's weird that we're going to go away from like, we have two potential Hall of Famers playing each other and we're going to want to st- stack up the other game environment. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like just from like a pure bro science standpoint, it doesn't it just feel so backwards. We can play a you know an unexpected outcome in in, in one of those pickles, yeah. you know. It's totally what do you mean fun. by that. 
like yeah we like that that would for sure be like our initial hunch is like we want to not play the lamar mahomes side but Mm -hmm. we totally could totally could no i think no no i did i I wasn't implying that we should or or whatever i was just i just found it funny Mm -hmm. what what was which which game do you guys want to do well, I think if we're going to take a contrarian angle where we think, you know, maybe the projections, not saying they're off, but that won't bake in the upside scenarios, it would be the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's check Lions rivals because then you can really get some leverage there. There are some right. Lions rivals against the Chiefs, which is like kind of odd. Uh, uh-huh. But if we have a strong take, I mean, there's let's see here. Well, so for one of the rivals, what do you think about Gibbs against McCaffrey taking Gibbs for scrimmage yards with a 58 adjustment? That seems huge. It's yeah. McCaffrey. It's so scary. <laughs> It's frightening. It's frightening. It's scary too, because like you can't even give yourself the game script out with that, you know, because like CMC is just going to be playing like no matter what Mm -hmm. is going on. It's almost like I would rather in that case separate, like just play like the lions and you don't have to worry about it in context with the Niners. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think I like some of the Laporta stuff. I think I like targets and receptions and receiving yards for Laporta. If we're doing something in tandem with Goff, yeah, I feel like Goff fantasy points is kind of the way to play it. I just feel like okay. with him, I'd like the out of them in garbage time chucking, but not scoring a lot of points. But it would also be nice if he runs hot, you know, in the red zone to be able to capture mm-hmm. the touchdowns that way. And then it should also help us not get as big of a dock, especially if you said you have a different Laporta angle that you like. Well, I was thinking not different necessarily. Like you mean opposed to fantasy points? Cause I like, I like the targets one. I think like, I don't know. Well, that's not like, that's what I mean. I guess, I guess yeah. the multiplier is, is slightly less of a ding. It's 2.43 versus 2.73. If you do first downs, it's the full 3x. Yards is 2.58. Receptions, 2.64. So first downs is the only one that's not getting dinged. Yeah, I don't know that I have a lean on first downs. That's a tough I don't, one. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad, though, to take a ding on. It's not a, it's not a huge ding at all, especially on the... Did you say uh, targets you liked? I think I like targets more than receptions, even. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... 11 last week uh i'd say he's back yeah back between the 20s and coming at the expense of josh reynolds a little bit yeah and i i do think if we're playing golf fantasy points you know i i I think in this script i I don't mind tossing our montgomery one back in here okay and then i I, I'm, i'm not even opposed then doing even one more uh lion pass catcher or receiver I like it. I like it. You know, I think it, it's 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 likely going to take everything on all cylinders for them to to have this shot. So I'm I'm with this. 
And I think and rushing yards probably plays better than. Yeah. Never mind. And then you okay, toss cool. the Purdy right back in there as well. Yeah, the Purdy. Who who do you, do you want a fourth lion than Purdy or do you want Purdy and CMC? So let me just check here. So like if you did Reynolds receiving yards, that gets you up to a fifteen point six five. If you did McCaffrey, by the way, a little hack here. You type in R E Y, you do get both CMC and Reynolds. Um, <laughs> little pro tip there for the people at home. But say you put in McCaffrey fantasy points or whatever, uh, then you're up to eighteen point two. So it is going to the McCaffrey stuff gets you, um, you know, basically two to three x higher. Then going to the Purdy time. stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean to the no, I'm saying if you take sorry, I had Ren I had Purdy in mind. Oh, instead of Reynolds. Correct. I, I or so right. I thought Purdy was gonna be locked as kind of like our favorite Niners pick, and then it was basically figuring out did we want to yep. go with a fourth lion or a second niner? And we like the yardage one on the on the Purdy one there. Yeah. So Purdy yardage higher at 279.5 McCaffrey higher at 20.75 David Montgomery higher at 42.5 Sam Laporta higher on seven targets Jared Goff on 17.15 fantasy points I like it I, I, I think if the, if the Lions win if there's just no way that this game isn't a shootout I think right like that just seems like the 80% if I was to put a percentage on it like if Lions win how does this game not go over its total right yeah yeah and like you're just you know you know if you toss in like a Monroe fantasy points you're down to 14.74 like playing the cmc and just saying we're going to capture basically everything <clears throat> in the niners offense through cmc and brock pretty passing yards i think you know makes some sense yeah this is the script that uh cmc scores one receiving touchdown from a little bit of distance on like a dump off screen. And then he scores a goal line one after Purdy works it down there with well, somebody else. If that's the case, should we do 1.75 X uh, receiving TDs for uh, Christian McCaffrey, get this up to a 31. <laughs> well, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Cause that's basically the same Be- thesis, right? Right. And it's, it's doubling your, your thing here. Yeah. Nez. Yeah. I like it. Spice up your life. Spice it up, baby. Don't tease me with a big spice there. One BBM5 entry on the line. Boom. Uh-oh. I hope BBM5 is at $100 per entry. <laughs> <laughs> One to bomb. There you go. All right. I love it. That one's fun. Cool. JMO Yards. Just don't tempt me with a good time. Um, do do we want to wrap up with a with it all spice? I saw our spice king himself, Copper, saying it's a little hard to get to the hundred x uh, this week with the spices. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that he's tried. I love that he's tried. Yeah, he I, mean, I love we, that we he's have a couple, challenged us. We have a couple starting points, right? We got the McCaffrey that we just put in. We like maybe pivoting that Laporta one that we we're on, giving him a TD. Yep. <laughs> I like the Montgomery one, but it's low. Yeah. I mean, we're 
these 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 uh these entries are pretty hinging upon David Montgomery now. <laughs> hey, play the best plays, man. <laughs> hey, wait, you like Montgomery one point two five over Gibbs one point five? Hmm. It gives us optionality then that that Montgomery can flop and we can still win entries. I like it. This is the Nez hedge. Yeah, I just considering we know Gibbs can, you know, house it from 50 yards out and yeah. we're getting an extra point. I like Gibbs. Out. I like Gibbs. Okay. What do you I have think- so far? You have McCaffrey. EMC, Laporta, Gibbs, which gets us up to 23.6. What about- for the record, for the okay. record, this is the CMC receiving one again. We can okay. switch that to to uh, any time as well if you uh, guys want to. That's dude. How how often are you getting a spice on CMC anytime? I know that we want to get the hundred. No, it's one point five. It's one point five. Two oh, touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. How <laughs> many guys get two? Uh, yeah. Okay. CMC is the same likelihood at scoring two touchdowns as David Montgomery is one. Like that's Checks so out. badass. That's so badass. I I want to get hella zooted and then just stare at this like Mac. Just want to add that from a small window, the circles make all these guys look like they have afros. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm really that's trying to get there. I'm having a hard time getting there sober with Sam Laporta right now, but I bet <laughs> I can get there. <laughs> Wait till April goes to bed. Get a couple. Get a couple of yummy gummies and uh, <laughs> just stare at your screen. Uh, Sorry, I have learned. Can't hang out. <laughs> Investigation's over, but I now need to look at the afros on underdog. Huh? Um, what do you guys think about Rasheed Rice spice? One point. What is it at? One point five. Okay, let me just put in the TD. Are there any reception spice ones yeah. too this week? Someone just dropped it in the chat. Gobbler. I like the Justice Hill two point five receptions at one point two five x. Hmm. He said five, three, and two the past three games. Hill and Rice and tie a bow on this bad boy. Yeah, what does Rice get us up to? Because Justice has us to forty nine point two one. Rice will get us to a hundred. Did Is we leave any yeah, EV leave on the table? On the table? Uh, uh, if we take Rice out, I think and we so. Just put in yeah. yeah, a normal pick gets us to ninety eight. So we don't. Mm, need yeah. It. Okay. Well, do we just go back to one of our faves? Like, uh, like what does the Purdy thing do here? Who, gets, could, yeah, who, I mean, like, who gets the axe on the, uh, the Rasheed Rice? Is that who we're taking off? Let's see. I, unless you want to swap him for another 1.5. If it maybe we don't like, I don't know if it'll change the multiplier, but it, if we think two Lions TDs, if we would rather swap out rice for one of those what do you get to if you take out hill and then put in rice just the difference between 1.5 and 1.25 59 6 mccaff to be honest it's the mccaffrey 1.75 that's kind of get putting us in a pickle okay so if you do rice gibbs laporta justice hill spice and we change McCaffrey to fantasy points. 
um, it gets us to 84. But if you do the 1.25, I'm not sure how much EV we leave by by doing 1.25 with that, because then it's. But we were already we already swapped out the fantasy points for the receiving TD being the thesis. If he gets mm. he gets there, we like the or I guess okay. that was in conjunction with Purdy. Yeah, I don't know how much we're leaving oh. on the table with this one. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, but you go from sorry. 42 42 18 to 100. Honestly, on this one, I think you would put in Goff because we're we're playing a Laporta and a Gibbs TD. I mean, obviously the Gibbs is rushing. Um If you do the so Goff you- that gets you up to 84 passing yards or fantasy points. Do you could do either. Looks like it's the same. I. Th- hmm. So if you do CMC, it goes to 84. It's going to go to 84 if it's regular. Hmm. Yeah, we can't do TD. We can't do the fantasy points, points with the TD. Oh, so yeah, has to be right. Yeah, sorry for putting us in circles here. I kind of like that, right? Golf passing yards. Okay, wait. I think I know how to figure out how much we're leaving. We're leaving five five x off the table if we do one point two five x instead of. So if we did a one point two five instead of golf, it, it would it, mm-hmm. it would the math would say one hundred five x. Maybe that's just egregious, and I'm and I'm not giving enough respect to that extra five x that that you take off. I mean, I do kind of like the McCaffrey one with Laporta and Gibbs. If you're kind of playing that Same. as a shootout, yeah. And I kind of like it as the two the 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 one point five TD. What happened? Oh, I get what you're saying. Opposed to okay, what happens if you take Rice out of this and you put the the um, the CMC receiving one back in. So that would leave us with ninety-eight four three. And then if you put in the double touchdown one, it's seventy. Guys, are we too stupid for this? No, no, no. <laughs> if you do, so that's at seventy right now. Yeah, this is 70 if you do the two touchdowns from CMC, golf passing yards, the two golf touchdowns. <laughs> and, and the Justice Hill. There's the two Lions touchdowns, not golf touchdowns. Yeah, man, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm zooted to the max right now. I'm ready to look at this Sam Laporta <laughs> afro. <laughs> we were going so well and then I, Nez went with sorry. rice and took it, us rogue and whatever. I do we agree. Nice we could live with a 98.5. Our OCD does not have to carry over to our pick of multipliers. Thank you, Gobbler. But that's what we needed to hear. We needed to it's it's okay. It's okay to not squeeze out the extra <laughs> 2x. That's what we that's what I, I needed the okay on that. Okay. Laporta Russia receiving Gibbs rushing only. For the yeah. record, um, Justice Hill over or higher than 2.5 receptions. Yep. Goff passing yards higher. Yeah. CMC receiving touchdown. 
I like it because, you know, if we're getting two Lions TDs here, I just feel like Goff is Goff is going to be cooking. He's going to be debunking narratives left and right yeah. on the road. And they're going to be dump off city to CMC because they're trailing. Yeah. Receiving touchdown. Yep. Oh, just as Hill oh. just went down. Snap it. Snap it. Snap this. No, they got rid of no no no, they got rid of the spice. But it's still not is oh. it not 98 anymore? Wait. Is it that, has, that has to be a display issue. That has Are we going to gonna get rugged on this? I swear to God, Numi. Are we locking this in? Hold on. I'm 78.75. God damn it. Are this, this hang is on. Is this clearly? We're back. We're back. We're back. Oh my God. <laughs> what a sweat. God. I can't believe you know I can't believe knew me doxed us and then hope brought it back for us. Thank you, Hope. Do you That's know what I think is actually happening? I think some of the people I thought it was agreed upon. John, can you actually have us go full screen so our boxes are a little bigger? Because I need to say something to the community right now. All right. Here we go. So this is what's actually happening, guys. And you know, I guess we've never actually explained how this needs to be done but when some of you click and submit earlier then knew me and hope start running back in there and having to adjust things because they're like holy cow we're getting all this action the risk team is like this two and a half we're getting slammed i know some of you guys jumped the gun we as the badge bros community need to collectively press enter at the same time okay that's the only way we can all guarantee it so henceforth and even though we might only have one more game uh, the NFL sees it after this. We will all press the button together so we don't have to ever worry about this happening again. Love See? it. Universal I knew click. It. Everyone put your hand up if you clicked early. Slamming the gavel. Oh. Well said. Hey, while we were while we were hanging out, our guy, our guy Tyler helping uh support right there. Helping yeah, but support our spice. Yeah, not not us though. It goes straight to the big man. He didn't he didn't do that on the badge bros. There you go. Tyler. Unreal. I'm never submitting another spice ever again. Dude, underdog should do a partnership with Old Spice and then create like a, or here you go. One you know how they do the prepackaged ones in there? You get all players over 30 that have spice. You name it Old Spice. Boom. Gets shared on social media. People tail it. Old guys never easy. score touchdowns. Underdog makes money. It's great. A little too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Shows are gonna be hundred percent baseball this summer. We're, we're gonna find we're our way. Pizza it. puck, pizza puck guy. Now you check that jersey. Next one in the mail. The next one in the mail is baseball jersey. Mm. That would be <laughs> tough. That'd be tough. We get, underdog needs to get into the lab. They've got nice Hawaiian shirts. If you get a sick little underdog like baseball jersey, oh, get in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. All right. So we power this bad boy down. Uh, yeah, we haven't discussed. I, I mean, I'm down. I'll be around. I'll be around next week. Um, I think we could definitely, we should definitely do a show. I assume we'll have um, at the very least pickums. I don't know what the offerings plan to be the following Friday. I'm going to be out in Arizona with, uh, with underdog. Um, but I would still, depending on my schedule, be down to do something so we can figure that out. Um, but yeah, this show is going to, uh, to continue rolling, might have some, you know, schedule tweaks, obviously format 
tweaks because we won't have uh, football slates, but we will figure it out. We enjoy doing this show. We enjoy uh, having you guys hang out with us in the chat. So the, the good times will keep rolling here on off and on the clock. We appreciate Absolutely. you saying that. <laughs> Tyler. Uh, uh, He's um, anything else uh, for you guys before we, uh, we, before we get out of here? Uh, no, nothing really. Oh, actually, yeah. Scheduling note. I forgot. I got to uh, put that out there. Saturday, uh, there is, if you're in the lobbies, you've been scrolling, there is PGA best ball, and there is a lot of strategy on how to attack that. We have a guest coming on Saturday. I think that's going to be at si around 6.30 Eastern, uh, if, if I can uh, check my DMs there. So a nice little PGA show. So if you're looking to get in the streets, if you don't know anything about golf, if you know something about golf and you want to just get in there, uh, me and Jason uh, Rouslin uh, on, on Twitter, uh, DFS Golfer 23, uh, he's, he's really excited to break this down. So uh, a lot of good strategy in there because it's really a volume game when it comes to PGA best ball. So really excited to get some, some, uh, some good uh, GTO strategy for that. So that'll be Saturday. Nice. John, and go Lions from you? No, I'll, I'm going to go to the puck game instead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Good luck this weekend. I got to hop in some contests and catch up with all of you guys. Also, as always, you can join us in the Badge Bros. If you're new in there, there is the main Badge Bros channel. You'll see that. But then if you click the uh, the pound sign, it's a thread up there. So if you're, I know there's been some people in here wanting to get in the MLB streets, get in the golf streets, check out those individual threads. There's like entire underworlds of sub conversations going on, uh, there, uh, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, uh, but <laughs> hop in there, enjoy all that the deposit kingdom and badge bros channels have to offer for Nez, for John, for underdog. I'm Pete. We'll see you guys next time on off and on the clock.